Are we allowed to love a former Cub that also starred for the Cardinals? Locked on Cubs Tuesday edition, coming up now. You are Locked on Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. Happy Tuesday to you. This is Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Bellis, and I want to take this time real quick before we get any further to thank you for making Locked On Cubs your first listen of the day every morning, every day. We truly appreciate it. We are free and available on all platforms wherever you find your favorite podcast. Find us on social at Locked On Cubs, at Locked on Cubs Twitter at Chicago Cubs PA Twitter for myself. Please engage with us socially. It's so fun to talk with Cubs fans, talk with baseball fans, maybe argue a little bit politely. I, I respect your opinions and our differences. Please, I ask you to do the same to me. It makes the show more fun, though, if we can interact with each other socially. Locked on Cubs rolls on. Happy Tuesday. Holidays knocking on the door. So much good stuff up today. I want to track a, a really fun Cubs.com countdown of the best players to ever wear each uniform number for the Cubs. We'll start with number zero, and this person hasn't worn that uniform yet, zero to ten today. Also, Cubs and Cardinals. It's got that Bears-Packers feeling, love-hate, right? Like, you have to hate the Cardinals if you're a Cubs fan. If you say you don't, you're lying. Take a look at some of the best players over the next couple days to wear both uniforms. Ooh, might sting a little bit. But first, Andy McCullough of The Athletic uh, took a, a look at some of the better free agents out there. I mean, the, the MLB lockout has likely caused more players than normal to be teamless at this point of the season, for lack of a better term. Obviously, the offseason came to a screeching halt. Saw some action right before the midnight hour before the lockout, but uh, of the best of the best, and I don't want to say the best of the rest. These are guys that probably would have already been signed somewhere, not for the circumstances of the lockout and the league, you know, ceasing business operations. So want to take a list at some of those guys who we are going to see signing when this lockout is lifted, the best of who's left, I'll say, but these are some of the best free agents overall still. I mean, there's so much business to be done when the, when the lockout ends, if and when it ends, and it will, just hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Uh, before we take it a list of who's still out there looking for work, uh, I want to recap some of the, the free agent moves that that were made across the league um, before we before we get to this, uh, Max Scherzer obviously went to New York. New York was busy. They have Starling Marte, Marcana, Eduardo Escobar. They were ready to spend some coin, and they did. Corey Seager got big $325 million deal from Texas. How about the Giants with a trio of pitchers? Alex Cobb, Anthony DeSclafani, Alex Wood. Uh, Houston retains Verlander. Hector Neuris signs as well. Boston with a couple arms, Paxton, Michael Walker. So they were busy. Cubs, we've we've said it here a million times. They were active as well and also linked to potentially 
bringing in Carlos Correa if if the league wasn't locked out right there at the last minute. So I want to take a look at this list of who is still available free agent wise and where we we may see the Cubs and other teams go when things are lifted. How many potential guys on this list will the Cubs go after? I have an opinion on a few, which I'll give them to you. Like I said, I'm not using the term best of the rest. These are guys, this board would have been wiped indefinitely already, in my opinion, um, had the lockout not been put in place. Best player on the market, no question. And we have beaten this dead horse on Locked On Cubs over the last week and a half, two weeks, Carlos Correa. The guy is the shortstop that you need here at Wrigley Field, right? But do you want to lock up what it's probably going to take to get him? What is it going to take to get him money-wise, right? That's the question we're all asking. We we don't know. Let's take a look at two players, player one, player two. Offensive numbers from 19, 20, 21. So last three seasons. Player A, here's the slash line. 290 average, 360 on base, 516 slugging. 50 home runs, 185 RBIs total for those three seasons. Okay. Shortstop number two, slash line, 19, 20, 21. 276, 356, 487 slugging, 52 home runs, and 176 runs driven in. Those numbers for the last three years, insanely close to each other. Have an idea who these guys are? First set of numbers belong to Corey Seager, recently signed by the Texas Rangers. $325 million deal. Buku bucks. Player B, you guessed it. Carlos Correa. Would he look good in Cubby Blue? Oh, yes, you betcha. But if you look at those offensive numbers and how they stack, you have to figure that Correa is going to get Seager type money. Plus, Correa hands down better shortstop defensively. No question about it. As a matter of fact, a lot of people speculating that Seager may be moved to a corner infield position towards the latter years of that contract he signed with Texas. Not talking about that with Correa. Much better shortstop. So where does he go? Some people think that he might be a fit in Detroit still, who are clearly willing and able to spend some coin pre-lockout. Brought in Javi Baez on that $140 million deal. That was a splurge for them for sure. But here's the deal with that. Our old buddy Javier can play second base. If Detroit decides to spend a couple more bucks adding to a team that was already knocking on the door with the young roster they had of being competitive, you slot Javier over to second base and bring Correa into short, you got the best up-the-middle combo of anyone in baseball. I mean, there's not a ground ball getting through there from about 30 feet to the second base side of the third base bag until the hole at second. You're, I mean, that's an automatic out with those two patrolling short and second, respectively. You know, Baez can play second. We saw it here a ton before he went to the shortstop position. But he played second base in New York after after the Cubs dealt him to the Mets last year alongside Lindor up the middle. So, I mean, Correa, Baez, short, second for the Tigers makes a lot of sense. Or, like I said previously, Cubs, Cubs, Cubs. There's going to be a ton of speculation until we know what's going on. But like I've said it 
a thousand times and I'll say it again. I'm not sure that I personally would want to lock up one player to a deal of that length with that monetary value, 300 plus. You figure that's what Correa is going to get as set the market was set by Seager, knowing that you have other resources to address. The rotation looks so much better. Don't get me wrong. Um, I would love to see another arm added, and, and I'll touch on that here in a little bit. We don't know how deep the Cubs' pockets are or are going to be post-lockout. So if you bring in a Correa-type player to really complement, say, a, a ground ball pitcher like Marcus Stroman, who 57% of the time uh, threw a ground ball out last year, was number 10 in all of Major League Baseball in outs on the ground, you need a good shortstop, right? If you're going to go after a Correa and lock up that kind of money, does that stop you from puzzling in the other smaller pieces that you still need? Don't get me wrong. Shortstop's a dire need, but I don't want to take away from A just to bring in B. Um, I'm just hesitant. That's all. Man, I'd love to see him in a Cubs uniform, though. Come on. Best shortstop in baseball, potentially, some would argue. We'll see what happens after this uh, this lockout ends. But it's a good possibility. I'm not counting it out. The rumors were swirling before the lockout. I'll say that, which is really kind of gets you amped up. Hopefully talks resume here after the calendar year turns and this is all resolved because we're going to have a very brief, very fast, very intense free agent period again here, depending on how close things go to spring training. I want to take a look at some of the other free agents still available um, that could potentially be signed here post-lockout. Some really good arms, too. Let's discuss that here shortly. You've heard me talk about it a lot, and I don't know, maybe you've tried it, but Built Bar is literally the best of both worlds. You get a healthy, delicious snack that tastes like a candy bar, but it's low in fat, low in calories, low in sugar, Low in net carbs, but super, super high in protein. And the flavors, I'm telling you, you're going to love them. Raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. The list goes on and on and on. Do me a favor, though. Just because it's the holiday season and the season of peace and love, do not bring your favorite Built Bar flavor up at family parties because people are passionate about it. And you're going to argue if there's a disagreement. If you want to cozy up with something warm, here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping cup of hot cocoa. Let it melt a little bit. Give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Listen, all you have to do is go to Built.com. Got a special offer for you. It's Locked15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Built.com, Locked15 gets you 15% off your order today. Built.com, Locked15. More free agent talk post-lockout, we hope, shortly soon, coming up after this. This is Locked on Cubs. Welcome back into Locked on Cubs. I'm your host, Andrew Bellison. Thank you so much for taking the time. I mean, we mean it. I can't say it enough. You're on your way to work. You're on the train. You're in traffic. You're on your bike. You're at home. You're off for the week. You're going to school. You're walking to class. Thanks for taking us with you. Thank you for making us your first listen every morning. We're free and available on all platforms wherever you find your favorite podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs 
and at Chicago Cubs PA. So we talked about Carlos Correa being the best player left, we'll say, for lack of a better term, still available in the free agent market. Cubs in on him, potentially. There's been a lot of talk. The list rolls on. And like I said, these are all players who would have been elsewhere already or maybe returning to the teams in which they played for. But these are not guys who would have been sitting at home had we not had a lockout. They're off the board already. Best hitter of the bunch still out there floating around. Freddie Freeman, for sure. Um, Looked like a layup that he was going to re-up with Atlanta. They had the money even before the World Series, um, thanks to the team-friendly deals that they have for Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies. um, Tons of financial flexibility, but they didn't make it happen. Where's he go? I don't know. Yankees need a left-handed bat. Dodgers could use a replacement for Seager, especially if Max Muncy's elbow is an issue. Cubs need left-handed hitting. Freddie Freeman probably not going to end up here in Chicago, but there's no doubt he's the best hitter left on the market. Now, here's a guy I tie to the Cubs. I love this potential idea. Best starting pitcher left, no question, in my mind, on the market, Carlos Rodon. And if you're a Chicago baseball fan, you've seen plenty of him over the last several years with the White Sox watching games for, for him on the south side. The ceiling here is so high. The risk is, I guess, to to a certain extent, given the injury history. He put it all together last year. I mean, he was lights out. And then he had that shoulder injury towards the end of the season in August, lost some velocity on the stretch, and it was noticeable. Uh, the health concerns, you would think, it, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I would think the health concerns are going to stop teams from lining up to give him a multi-year nine-figure deal that maybe like a Robbie Ray type got, okay? So somebody's going to gamble on Rodon, though, even knowing the injury history. And as a Cubs fan, this intrigues the you-know-what out of me. I would love to see Carlos Rodon pitch in the Cubs rotation in 2022. Several reasons why maybe this is a, a, a feasible thing. First of all, like I said, probably not going to strap you cash-wise. He's not going to get the super long-term buku buck deal just because of the injuries that he's had, which, you know, listen, if you can do your pocketbook a favor and keep some, some free capital for some other areas, that's always a good thing, right? You got the Chicago connection. He likes the city. He knows the city. Pitched on the Sox for a handful of years. I personally love the idea of having two southpaws in the rotation. I'm a left-hander, so maybe I'm a little bit biased. But adding another lefty to the rotation to complement Miley, um, obviously totally different pitchers, but just throwing from that left side, I just love that idea. And, you know, two, uh, thirdly, I mean, thanks to the injury timing of last year, it was literally the worst timing for him, which your heart aches for him. Worst timing for the Sox, which stinks. You're probably not going to have to lock up a ton of cash over an extended amount of time. The financially intriguing aspect uh, of that, you know, potential deal. And then to have the talent of him when healthy in your rotation. I mean, picture that with a Hendricks, Stroman, Wade Miley, Carlos Rodon rotation. That's legit. 
And and we've delved into their starting rotation of bullpen. A lot of good arms out there. An addition like that would be insane. And and that's why I preach. Like, I don't want Correa here if that's going to prohibit potentially dabbling in some other moves like that. Can we have it all? Sure. I don't know if you can have your cake and eat it too, though, in, in this position. Best reliever on the market still, hands down, no question, is a Kenley Jansen. And Kenley had a huge rebound year last year with the Dodgers. Actually pitched numbers-wise uh, and innings-wise, probably one of the best, if not, if not the best, year of his entire career, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Uh, Rysel Iglesias, uh, who's a comp closer, uh, had a good rebound year as well. He signed already pre-lockout, four years, $58 million deals. Now, he's younger than Kenley Jansen, probably by about three years. So are the are the numbers going to be similar in terms of years and dollar amount? Probably. Man, Kenley, four years at his age? I mean, it might happen still. Here's the thing, though. Although Iglesias is three years his junior, uh, Kenley Jansen has much more postseason experience, and he really – showed last year his ability to adapt beyond his cutter-centric approach when when he needed to kind of recreate a little bit to resurrect his career. A sizable deal is coming for him, for sure. Now, talked about a lot of the young arms the Cubs have, who they might target. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago as well. Is Kenley Jansen on the Chicago Cubs list? I don't know if he's on their radar or not. I with the exception of a handful of guys, Kenley being one of them, I'm always afraid to lock up big bucks into a bullpen arm because of the turnover from year to year. It's crazy how, you know, you see some of these guys have huge success out of the pen, and then the next year it's like, man, we just couldn't find it. Now, obviously, there are exceptions to that, Kenley being one of them. He has been uh, one of the most dominant closers in baseball for the last several years. But – Having a veteran presence mixed in with some of those younger arms that we talked to Alex Cohen about um, from Iowa and whatnot. I mean, man, what a good mix that would be. And you just instantly solidified the back of your pen with a guy like that. You slot a guy like that in at the back of your bullpen and going from back forward your whole rotation and bullpen gets better from that one guy. Now, is this something that you're interested in, you know, throwing the money that he's going to want at? I don't know. And I'm very interested to see uh, how Carter and Jed handle retooling the pen with what's already in-house and what might be on the market. This is an interesting conundrum, I guess, to, to address because no question, he is the best reliever on the market. Handful of other guys, that will, you know, we'll just call the best of the rest. KB, I mean, you know, he's a Scott Boris guy. You know he's going to get paid. Where does he end up? Does he want to stay out West? There's been little smatterings of a Cubs reunion. Probably not going to happen. Kyle Schwarber, man, he was so good last year. Didn't you just love Kyle when he was here? He was always one of my favorites. Uh, finally looked like the player that kind of we all thought he was going to be here. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure that that he's going to cash in too. And, and, you know, with the DH probably coming to the National League, players like that aren't so limited then um, in terms of where they can go. Nick Castellanos, former Cub, probably one of the better hitters still out there, play a little third base, DH, outfield for sure. We saw what he did in half a year here. He hit the the crud out of the ball with the Reds as well. Uh, Nelson Cruz, going to be 410 years old next year, and he'll still hit 30 home runs. He's out there as well. Future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw looking for work too. I mean, clearly on the the 
the the downside of his career, but still probably a lot to offer a club, especially uh, you know, especially with with a, a rotation that's already you know fairly put together as it is. This one is is intriguing to me, and I'll I'll say best to the rest. Trevor's story is you, you got to slot him as probably the next best shortstop, right? Left behind Correa, um, didn't have a great year with the Rockies last year by any stretch. The question there is, would he be willing to kind of rebuild his value on a really short-term deal, um, maybe kind of like Marcus Simeon did with Toronto last year? Now, I talked about this in an episode about 10 days ago. This is so intriguing to me, where if you can allocate some funds for another starting pitcher, maybe you really bolster that bullpen more than we expect, and then could kind of bring in a story on a very team-friendly short-term deal to play shortstop, meaning you're not going the Correa road. Man, that's super intriguing to me. He's still so young. I mean, capitalize on on maybe a team-friendly financial deal, get a bounce-back year out of him. You'd never know. I, I think that's uh, I think that's a very real possibility. But anyway, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Carter and Jed have their work cut out for him, no question. But it's gonna gonna be fun to see how they steer the ship. Why is it so hard to stomach anything Cardinals as Cubs fans? I want to take a look at some of the best players who've worn both Cubs and Cardinals uniforms throughout the years. This might, you know, turn your stomach a little bit, depending on who it is. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, better odds, and more lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action all season long. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile site, sign up today, and receive a killer bonus. 50% deposit bonus. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Promo code LOCKEDON, 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports, from basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers Bet Online has to offer. Bet online where the game starts. More Lockdown Cubs coming at you after this. Welcome back, Cubs fans, Lockdown Cubs. I am your host, Andrew Bellison. Thank you so much for being with us at Chicago Cubs PA at Lockdown Cubs. We're going to start a really cool countdown tomorrow of the greatest players to wear each uniform number for the Cubs throughout the years. We're going to start at number zero tomorrow. And number zero, there has never been a number zero for the Cubs, but there will be. We're already going to anoint him the best to wear the number zero. Uh, That'll be a fun list. We'll dive into that tomorrow. Also tomorrow, I want to dive into uh, Carter Hawkins, who we don't really know a ton about. Well, he's your Chicago Cubs general manager. And if you're anything like me, you didn't know his history. So I want to get to know him with you. We'll get to know the new GM of the Chicago Cubs together. But before we do that tomorrow, let's take a look. There's more players than you realize that played for Cubs and Cardinals. This is a, this is a long list. This is only part one. We're going to do this in a couple different parts. This is part one of probably the names where if you were walking down the street and you went up to a random baseball fan who was a Cubs fan or a Cardinals fan and said, hey, listen, 
Name me five players who play for both the Cubs and the Cardinals. I think this first chunk of players that we're going to go through would would probably appear on those people's lists. So here's some of the, the bigger names. Lou Brock, far and away the worst trade in Chicago Cubs history, right? Or maybe if you're a Cardinals fan, the best trade in team history. Uh, his trade from Chicago to St. Louis was from a time where swaps between these two franchises were more plentiful. You don't see it now as much. And he's one of the few... Uh, who appeared only for the Cardinals and Cubs throughout his entire career. Hall of Famer Lou Brock, as good as it gets. How about Bruce Suter? Far and away, best years uh, of Suter's Hall of Fame career came as both a Cub and a Cardinal. He was a Cy Young Award winner here with the Cubs in 1979, if you remember. But it was in St. Louis uh, that he captured that World Series crown, having his uh, his number retired by the club in 2006. And he entered Cooperstown with a Redbirds hat. Lee Smith, one of my favorites, impactful Hall of Fame closer, nicest guy you will ever meet in your whole life. Um, Smith was really at his peak with the Cubs and the Cardinals and meant so much to both of those franchises. And we could turn it back a little bit. How about Rogers Hornsby? He was a Cardinal and a Cub. Maybe the best player on this list, MVP and player manager for both clubs. Hall of Famer, only World Series, and two Triple Crowns as a Cardinal. Dizzy Dean was a Cub and a Cardinal, also a Hall of Famer, a workhorse, MVP for the Cards, before spending four years with the Cubs. Never really replicated that same success here, though. Here's three others that you might have had on your list, maybe not. More recently, and lesser impressive statistically, Daniel Descalso. Uh, he was a World Series champion with the Cardinals in 2011, if you remember. Came to Chicago in 2019, battled some injuries, had a really, really down year, retired after that. Hank Sauer, MVP in 53, seven seasons with the Cubbies, spending one mostly stunted campaign with the Cards in 1956. At the back end of his career, he was 39 years old. And the last player for the day that donned both the Chicago Cubs in a St. Louis Cardinal uniform, Dennis Eckersley hopping back onto the Hall of Fame closers again. Man, a lot of Hall of Fame closers wore both Cubs and Cardinals uniforms and played well for both teams. Uh, Eckersley's most memorable days came well removed from when he was a Cub um, and and played through the twilight of his career with the with the Cardinals. But he remains a double dipper in the rivalry nonetheless. Really good stuff there. That's a lot of fun. Our list will continue tomorrow. We'll meet some more Cubs and Cardinals players that played for both organizations. Maybe you are familiar with them. Maybe you are not. We're also going to take a deeper dive into the new Cubs GM as he's hard at work during lockout time, contemplating what the Cubs are going to do post lockout. If you're like me, you didn't know much about Mr. Hawkins. We will get to know him better tomorrow. Thank you for taking the time to stop by this morning. And thank you for making us your first listen every day here at Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You made us your first listen. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, just as Locked On Cubs is. Thank you again for being with us. More tomorrow. Happy Tuesday. Have a great day. This has been Locked on Cubs. I'm Andrew Bellison.